Hello and welcome to Grace Lutheran Church Sermon Podcasts. On this podcast, you will hear the latest sermons taken from our weekly worship service. Our hope is that you will find joy and comfort in knowing the forgiveness of God through Jesus Christ. There are a few guarantees in life, very few things that you can be sure of. For instance, there were no guarantees that the Cubs would win the World Series in April of 2016. They were riding high, but they always fold before the season's over. But they did win. There are no guarantees, though. You have no guarantee that you're going to be rich, or if you are, that you're going to stay that way. Things could go south in a hurry. You have no guarantee about your health. You could be as fit as a fiddle one year and then come down with a mysterious disease the next. No guarantees. But today I want to tell you about two things you can be sure of. And they are these. Tribulation and peace. Guaranteed. Our text is John chapter 16, verses 23 to 33. Tribulation and peace. Two things you can be sure of. Two things you can count on that are guaranteed to come your way especially if you are a Christian. Take a look at tribulation. Tribulation is just another word for trouble. This is something you can expect, this experience of tribulation. Jesus tells his disciples in our gospel today from John 16, he says, in the world you have tribulation. Notice it's not you might have tribulation. No, you will have tribulation. It's guaranteed. If you're in the world, you will have tribulation. Even in Shakespeare's Macbeth, we encounter tribulation and trouble. There are three witches standing around a big cauldron and stirring the pot and chanting, Double, double, toil and trouble. Fire burn and cauldron bubble. But if you don't have to have a group of witches brewing up trouble and casting a spell for you to have trouble, you're pretty sure to get it one way or another without the aid of witches. And that trouble comes in various forms and from various sources. There's trouble that comes simply from living in a fallen world. Things don't work right. Cars break down. Nature doesn't work right. Tornadoes and hail damage and flood. People don't do the right thing. They do things that hurt us, whether directly or indirectly. Economic decisions way above our heads cost us money. Or more directly, thieves break into our house and steal. There's emotional trouble that hurts, too. People we care about betray us and break our hearts. People we love, we see them suffering and we suffer with them. We lose the people we love, whether to death or to distance or we miss them, simply miss them. And the, all these troubles we face simply by living in a fallen world. And it doesn't matter if you're a Christian or not. You've got troubles. I've got mine. But the point is, we've all got them, in one form or another. These troubles come to us from the outside. They affect us, even though we do nothing to cause them. But then there are troubles we bring on ourselves. Foolish decisions we make that we later regret. Dumb things that we do when we should have known better. Disregarding the wise counsel that friends or family members have given us. And we see later that they were right. Most importantly, disregarding and disobeying God's word about the right way to live brings us trouble. 
This disregard is called sin, theologically. It's called missing the mark, literally, in the Hebrew. We miss the mark that God set for us when he created humanity. We ourselves are responsible for that. Because we have missed the mark with God, have fallen from his glory, God gave us his commandments to point us back to hitting the mark. Total faith in God. Living our relationship in relationship with him. Our Creator knows the best way for us, His children, to live. And when we don't listen to God, when we tune Him out, we bring trouble on ourselves. Again, this is something that we all do, Christian or not. But then there is trouble, the trouble that's called tribulation. This is the trouble that only affects Christians, the only trouble that can really can, Christians can really endure, have to endure. This is what Jesus is especially talking about when he tells his disciples, in the world you will have tribulation. The whole context in these chapters of John is about how things are going to be different now that Jesus is going away and returning to his Father. Life is about to get a whole lot more difficult for the disciples. Remember, Jesus is saying this on the night in which he is about to be betrayed, arrested, and put on trial. In the morning, he will be taken to the Roman governor, scourged, mocked, unjustly sentenced, and put to death on a cross. Talk about trouble. That's trouble. And the world that hated Jesus is going to hate his followers, too. Disciples get treated like their master, so Jesus is preparing them for that. He's preparing us as well. In the world, you will have tribulation, whether back in the first century or now in the 21st century. The followers of Jesus has always, has always been facing tribulation in the world. This world is a hostile place for Christians. It's hostile and especially against Christians because Satan, the prince of this world, seeks to rob all of God's creation to turn against him. And he hates that Christians know and have overcome his power through the cross of Christ. Case in point. This world's values, the selfish desires of our culture that lead to legitimize popular godless and immoral demands in our land to end life, directly conflict with what God's word says about the sanctity of all life. We may say that, in the name of democracy, Satan holds a position lobbying for people to give them what they want. In so doing, he causes tribulation for Christians, enticing many to live double standards. On the one side, confessing faithfulness to Christ and God's word, yet when outside the church supporting legal freedoms that directly oppose him. Tribulation for the Christian is to not give in to the way the world thinks, calling evil good and good evil. It's no surprise, then, that the world is so hostile to Christians who uphold God's word in faith and practice. If Christians call a thing what it is, if we call sin, sin, if we know and say and demonstrate by our lives that certain behaviors are right and certain behaviors are wrong, and that this is what God himself says about the matter, well, then we represent a threat to what the world wants to do and be, under the freedoms offered under human law. What's more, knowing that salvation and true freedom is to be found in Jesus Christ alone, we are a condemnation of all idolatry and false belief that any individual imagines, 
will set him or her free, or empower him or her, or will reveal their true felt identity. When we uphold that all people are sinners and they need the righteousness found only in Christ, this goes against the prideful perniciousness of all humanity. Result? The world hates us. And so we stand in the crosshairs of the world, tried and judged before heard because of who we are and in whom we believe. We're called ineffective in promoting change in the world. We're self-righteous judges against individual freedom. We're deterrence to the true happiness that people can find in themselves. The world will hate us, as it has throughout the centuries, because the world has hated Christ. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Nobody knows my sorrow. Well, Lydia, who appears in our readings in Acts 16, knows our sorrows and tribulations. She endured them, too. A young woman, a Roman who had converted to Judaism, hears the gospel preached to her by Paul, while she, her servants, and other family members meet by the river. They meet by a river because there are not enough men in the fortified city of Philippi, belonging to the Romans, to establish a synagogue. They meet by the river out of faithfulness to the Lord to perform their ceremonial washings. They meet against the desires of the Roman government to worship a foreign god. Now when she has heard the message of the Messiah and her salvation, she jumps from the frying pan into the fire. Because whereas Jews were allowed to worship their god, Christians were forbidden. Now a Christian, Lydia, was hunted down, brought before the authorities as all Christians were, for not sacrificing and worshiping to the emperor god Caesar at his altar that was in every town. Lydia could not, would not sacrifice her faith and salvation, which she knew in the Lord, by worshiping at the altar of another god. She did not save her life, reputation, or avoid ridicule, and was most likely dragged before the Roman authorities on more than one occasion when she stood up for Christ because she didn't bow the knee before Caesar. She did not lead a double life, had no double standard in order to survive. Sacrifice, not bowing the knee. Sacrifice, something we all do when facing tribulation, ridicule, rejection, when we're the butt of the joke, despised because we are Christians, because we choose to talk and say something different than the world. Because tribulation leads us to a decision of sacrifice. Either you sacrifice yourself and stand firm in Christ and practice what you believe in your daily life, especially in the face of today's opinion, social movements, laws, or anything, or anyone who derides God's word, or you sacrifice your faith, bow the knee in life by bowing before the narcissistic morals of a lost world, going along with the freedoms and choices they've legislated or offer simply because they're legal. But in the face of tribulation and persecution, Lydia met by the river her church where she found the truth. She then invited Paul to start the church in her home. This was the first church in Europe, the church that gave birth to every church in the Western world, including our church, Grace Lutheran. She housed worship on Sunday, risking her own life to remain in Christ's word, to remain faithful and uphold his teachings, 
even in the midst of persecution and tribulation, even in the midst of what the world is doing or the opinions that they have. And that's why we meet here, by the river of life, which is our Lord, to refresh ourselves in the life-giving body and blood of our Savior, who brings us and reorients us in the truth of faith and the practice of that truth in our daily lives. Your brothers and your sisters here in this family called the Church have been weathering storms and navigating persecution for over a hundred years. We are called to care for and support one another when we see a sister or brother who is hurting, confused, lost, tempted in tribulation. As it says in 2 Corinthians, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of all mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the same comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Nobody knows but Jesus. That's the big thing, isn't it? Jesus knows our persecutions and trials and tribulations. He is the man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. When conflicted and not sure what to say or do to uphold our Christian faith, Hebrews says, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Hebrews chapter 4. Throw your burden upon the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never allow the godly to be, to be shaken. Psalms 55. Call upon me in the day of trouble, God says. I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me. Psalm 50. Ask, and you will receive, that your joy may be complete. John 15. Complete. That is what peace means in Hebrew, to be complete. Listen again to what Jesus says to his disciples. I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. In Christ we are fulfilled, complete, lacking in nothing. Neither words to confess his truth and stand up before the movements and opinions that go against his word, even legal legislation that go against his word in the public arena. Even during tribulation and persecution, you have this peace to comfort and quiet your soul. His cross is our bridge across troubled waters. When we're in trouble, we are at are experiencing tribulation of any sort. We know that we are at peace with God, and that changes everything. Whatever the worst is that the world can do to us, whatever is the worst that life is this in this fallen world can dish out at us, we know that nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. God is at peace with us, and we are at peace with God, and nothing can disturb that. You are complete in Christ. His Holy Spirit sustains your faith in him and in your walk in your walk in life. Stand up for Christ in the midst of tribulation and persecution, then you may be found faithful, as he is faithful to forgive and grant eternal life to those who call upon him. Amen. To know more about Jesus and our ministry at Grace Lutheran Church, please find us at www.gracealoneonline.org. 
You'll find additional sermon podcasts and your favorite podcast channel every week at www.gracealoneonline.org forward slash sermons.